I want to read the scripture to you, and my goal is this. We're going to go through the scripture today, two scriptures, two, two verses. My goal is that when we're done, you'll know the scripture. So I'm going to read it in its entirety, and then at each point, there's going to be a, a, a section of the scripture that we're going, to, we're going to say together, and my hope is at the end of it, you're going to at least remember part of it. Um, and so uh, we've been studying Romans, and, and we talked about last week, just this intro last week, and then in the back part of Romans, uh, the first chapter, comes this, what is one of my favorite scriptures, y'all. It's just one of my favorite scriptures, where Paul says, I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God, God makes us right in his sight. This accomplished, is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now, have you ever been ashamed of something you've done? You ever, you ever been ashamed? You, don't have to, you can raise your hand. I know some of you are like, I don't, I don't raise my hand because then everybody wonder what I did. But I've been ashamed, been ashamed of some things I've done. Truth is, probably going to be ashamed again. Been ashamed of some things I've done, some, some things I've said, some, some things I've thought, some, some actions that, that, that I participated in, uh, some wrongs, some sins. I have been ashamed. I have. I've been ashamed. Sometimes. Over the course of the 11 years of this campus, starting at the high school, sometimes someone will fill out a connect card and they'll write these words, I'm ashamed. Look, when I read that, that stays on my desk a long time. They'll, say I, I, they'll phrase it kind of like this, I was ashamed as I walked through the doors today because I know the way I've lived. Or I'm ashamed of how my life has ended up. Those cards stay on my desk a long time as a reminder to me that we have no idea what's going on in anybody's life. And so there have been times where I felt ashamed. There's also been times where the church has tried to make me feel ashamed. Now, the church, and I'm just going to, this gonna, that sounds crazy as a pastor, but the church at times has done things that are just really weird, really weird. They have, they've done some weird stuff. And, uh, and, and I've told you before, if you don't know anything about church, like church in the 70s and the 80s, it was all about you go to church. It was all about you go to church. You went to church on Sunday morning. For Sunday school, you went to church on Sunday morning for church. You went to church on Sunday night. Does anybody remember this? And you went to church on Wednesday night. It was all about going to church. And if you didn't do those things, then you weren't considered a real Christian. I'm serious. They wouldn't say that, but it's kind of like this undercurrent. Well, anyway, you throw in Super Bowl Sunday. I just became a Christian. I'd gone to church a long time with, with some, some friends, but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't place my faith in Christ until high school. Well, anyway, you got Sunday night church. And they're going, we got Sunday night church. And the Super Bowl's coming on. You know what I'm thinking? I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm not going to church. Somebody said, you coming tonight? I'm like, 
I'm not feeling good. I'm <laughs> not feeling that great. But it was just a thing that just trying to make you feel shame for not being there. As a matter of fact, it got worse. That not only did they do that, but after a while, the church realized that, that people were going to watch the Super Bowl and they weren't coming to Sunday night church. They weren't, they weren't coming. So they'd come up with these things and they said, this Sunday is, is Super Sunday. I don't know if you remember this. It was the lamest thing ever. And what they did was, they didn't watch the game, but everybody got together and ate soup together on Super Bowl Sunday. And I was thinking, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed I'm part of this. And then the last piece of shame from Super Bowl, the Falcons were up 28 to 3, y'all. <laughs> Look, I'm ashamed, man. I'm ashamed. <laughs> I want to talk to you about not being ashamed. I want to flip it here. I want to talk to you about not being ashamed. Paul writes these words. He says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. Now, that, that, that may, may sound, if you're in church, you may think, well, that's logical. He's a Christian. Let me tell you something about Paul. Paul hated the church before he met Jesus Christ. He had people killed, put people in prison who followed Jesus Christ. Hated it. He was called a persecutor of the church. He was not a believer in Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Paul has an encounter with Jesus Christ. His life is totally changed. Totally changed. And in Christ, he finds everything, but in Christ, he loses everything. Now listen to this. This is the word, this is the, the account of a guy who says, I'm not ashamed. Listen, listen, he says, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes, which means he was whipped with, with a whip 39 times, five times, five times. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night and a day adrift at sea. I traveled many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers, danger from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, and as well from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities. I have faced danger in the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Besides all this, I have faced the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Now, you would think in reading that that this guy would say, man, I'm ashamed that I'm disappointed in the gospel, that I'm frustrated. No, you know what he says? I am not ashamed of the gospel. That in spite of all this, I'm not ashamed. Why? How could this be? Well, let's look at the word of shame. What does the word of shame mean? Paul says, I'm not ashamed. He says, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed of the gospel. He says, I'm not reluctant. I'm not reluctant one bit about the gospel, about Jesus Christ. I do not fear humiliation. I have no fear. And he says, I don't feel like the gospel is inferior to anything. And he says, we shouldn't be ashamed. Well, what is the gospel? What is the good news? What is, what is he talking about? Let's throw that on there. Just to get everybody to know what we're talking about. 
The good news is that salvation, and this is on the bookmark, one of the resources, is by the grace of God given to all who have faith in Jesus Christ, that Jesus saves people. What Jesus did on the cross has the ability to save people. And Paul says, I am not ashamed. So I have this question. Are you and I ashamed of the gospel? It's just really easy in here to go, nah, I'm I'm good with it. But on Monday, are we ashamed? And look, I'm not talking about judging people. You know me. I'm not wanting to beat anybody up. I'm wanting to tell people that God loves them. He has a plan for their life that Jesus died for them. I'm not talking about us judging everybody. I'm talking about sharing Jesus Christ. Man, follow Jesus. He's the answer you're looking for. And so this is what I want to do. I want to walk through this just bite by bite. Going through the scripture. And so when we come to a a one line, you're going to say it with me. So here's our first line. We're going to say it together. For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. Now, here's the thing. When I say to save this, and if you're a guest today, please forgive me. I want you to say it like you're not ashamed. And if, you are, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I get it. You don't have to say anything. But I want to do it so because when we get to the second part, it's the power of God. You can't go, it's the power of God. You can't do that. You can't do it. You can't do it. You just can't. You can't. I mean, there's, then you don't believe it. So we're going to do it again. Here we go. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. And if you remember that one line, then you're way ahead of the game. So I'm going to give you four reasons not to be ashamed. Four reasons. Here here it is. First is, the good news is the power of God. The good news is the power of God. Now, when I was little, um, there were some firecrackers on the ground, and I found the firecrackers, and I I, I was probably eight or nine years old, and uh, I found some matches. You know what I mean? I I, I had to round some up. I was going going to light those firecrackers. I'm telling you, I knew it was good. Boy, we got some firecracker. Well, anyway, one of them had a short fuse on it, and it blew off in my hand. Anybody ever had this happen to you before that you hadn't been drinking? Anyway, so anybody do that? (laughs) All right. Blew, I, I thought I blew my thumb off. I did. I, I couldn't feel anything for a while. And you know what? In my age, when I grew up, I sure didn't tell my parents because you know what they would do, wouldn't they? They'd spank me for being stupid. You know what I'm talking about? You ever do it? You get hurt. I'm hurt. You're, you're stupid. You're going to get spanked. You're, you're hurt and spanked. So just don't tell anybody. Just go with it. I'm fine. Paul says the scripture here, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. You know what that word power is there? Like I've talked about a firecracker. You know what that word power is? That word power is the word that we get the word dynamite. Paul says that it is powerful, that the gospel is powerful. The good news about Jesus Christ is powerful. This good news, this news that Jesus saves, that is powerful. But too many times we think of the good news about Christ, we think of it as being like a, 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 a chainsaw that won't start. It might work and it might not. 
Or we think of it as, as a car that, that won't run well, that it might, it might be okay and it might not. Or we think of it as a flashlight that the batteries have burned out, that it might turn on and it might not. Or we think of it as our cell phone when we're riding out to Monticello and we might have service and we might not. That's what we think a lot of times about the good news about Christ. We wonder if it really works. Paul says it is the power of God at work in someone's life. It's the power. It's, it is it. That this whole message that, that, that Jesus saves people, that he still saves people. I was in this conversation. I was telling Leslie, I was in this conversation uh, the, uh, last week, and it was miserable. It wasn't anybody from the church, but it was miserable about how bad everything is in this world. You ever hear, hear people talk about, well, it's going bad. It's bad. It's getting worse. You know, I'm sort of thinking, oh, my gosh. And, 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 and it may be, I don't think it is. I think we just see it more. They're talking about how bad things are and everything like that. Let me share something with you. I don't know if the world is getting worse or not, but I'll share you this. It by no way diminishes the power of the good news about Jesus Christ. No way. There's no situation, there's no sin, there's no uh, circumstance that has been invented that has lessened the power of Jesus Christ. That people still need Jesus. I don't care how much money they have, and I'm gonna, that's the second point I'm going to get to in a second, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm telling you, this message is the message of Jesus Christ, that people can be saved, that people need Jesus, is the power. It is it. It still changes lives. And so I'm saying to you, man, don't be embarrassed. Don't be reluctant to share it. Don't feel like it's inferior to science or to someone who's really smart or really rich because it is the power and it saves. Which leads me to the second one. This good news is for everyone. Now here's the scripture here. For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Saving everyone. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week that it doesn't matter if this is your first time here. It doesn't matter if you've been here your whole life. That we are saved the same way. We are saved by what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We're saved by this good news, this good news, that the good news is for everyone, that it has the ability to save. And I just listen to people. He lists the Jew and the Gentile. They, they categorized everybody in that world just in, in two categories. You're either Jew, you're part of the Jewish race, or you're Gentile, which was everybody else. And so they categorized. But the gospel is for everyone, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the worst of sinners, and then some, white, black, brown, Rich, poor, nice, mean. Those who've grown up in the church, those who are here the first time, the skeptic, the agnostic, the atheist, the gospel is for everyone. You hear me say this. You hear me say this all the time. We take all comers here. We're not scared of people's sinfulness. We're not scared of someone walking through the doors because we believe that the gospel is for everyone. It is. It is for everyone. We don't care what you've done. We don't care about your past. We don't care what's going on in your life right now. We're going to point you to Jesus Christ as the answer to your problems. And so we are not ashamed because the gospel has the ability to save. And this means heaven over hell, life over death, forgiven over condemned, hope over hopeless, and purpose over mundane. Now listen to me. Jesus 
In Luke 15, it says tax collectors and other notorious sinners. Now, we got any notorious sinners here today? I hope we do. I, I hope you are. I hope you were. Tax collectors and notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees, these religious people and teachers, complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Listen to what Jesus says. So Jesus told him a story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others and go into the wilderness and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, will he joyfully carry it home on his shoulders? When he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors and say, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. We share the gospel. We're not ashamed because, man, it's for everybody. At work, at home, on the ball field, with your family, with your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Man, don't be ashamed. Don't be reluctant. I'm not talking about pound them every time you see them, but tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. That there's a Savior out there who goes after the one and won't come back until he has him with him. Which leads me to the third one. The good news reveals the righteousness of God. The good news reveals the righteousness of God. And in this scripture here, it says that, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Hold on, stop, stop. Have I already lost y'all? <laughs> well, in a throw with three, usually you don't get lost to point four. So anyway, so here we go. Let's do it again. For everyone who believes. Man, that was weak. All right, anyway. That was Falcon's week, but it's all right. The Jew first, then the Gentile. The gospel teaches us that we've been made right in God's sight, that God's made us right in his sight. It reveals a righteousness of God. Here's the thing that happens a lot of times when you come to church. A lot of times. It doesn't happen every time. But you start to think that you are good. You start to think that God has saved you because you are a good person. That's what we do. It's just a natural thing we do. It's like, and we start to think that, hey, you know what? God said, I'm pretty good. He saved me. I'm pretty good. And here's the truth about me. I'm not good. I'm not good. He didn't save me because I was good. He saved me because I was lost. He saved me because I needed him. And I'm still not good. And if you're here today and you think you're good, I'm telling you the scripture says there's no one good. 
And in order for there to be good news, there has to be bad news. And here's the bad news, and Allie said it in the communion thought, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This word sin is the picture, archery term, of a guy shooting a bow and missing the target. That's what it is, that you and I missed the target. The good news is that God can make us right in his sight, that he is the one who does the work. Isaiah 118 says, though your sins be as scarlet, I can make them white as snow, that you can find forgiveness, that you could be made right. And that is the good news that you and I can stand before a holy God. And man, he accepts us, that he makes us right. The work of Jesus on the cross has done this, not your goodness, not my goodness. And man, it is the most beautiful message. It is the greatest news of all time. Which leads me to the fourth. Let's try to read a little bit better, okay, this time. I'm just For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. All right. Yes, yes, y'all did. Thank you. Yes, perfect. Last week, Stephanie asked me to write a letter of recommendation for her. And it was nice that I didn't have to lie about her. Um, so, like I would a cam or something like that. But, but I was thinking about letter. See, I wrote the letter of recommendation for Stephanie, just at some area of her life that she's wanting to pursue. She's not leaving us by any means. No, I did not allow that. So I thought it was weird. It's like I wrote a letter of recommendation and I felt good about it. But I didn't make Stephanie recommendable. She was already recommendable. I just wrote the letter. God recommends me and you. He recommends you. He says, hey, this is my child. You're holy. You're right. But he also makes you recommendable. Do you see what I'm saying here? It's both and. It's a beautiful thing here. And it's all through faith that when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, that you are made right with God, you're saved. You're made right with God. But then he goes in the process because we all have these areas that, if we're honest, they're really not recommendable, are they? He goes through our life and he starts to chisel and, and, and sand and hammer and pound and, and do and shape these areas of our life to make us more recommendable. He makes us right. We are made right. We are saved. And then he goes to the process of making us right. This process is called sanctification. So we have salvation and sanctification, that God is working in our lives, that our lives are being changed. And it's all through faith. It's not through anything we do. And it's the greatest news ever that Jesus didn't just save you, that he is with you now. He is working in your life. On your good days, your bad days, when things are going well, they're not going, he is working in your life. So, don't be ashamed. It is the greatest message in the history of the world. And hear me on this. You carry it every day. 
Paul wrote to people of a church in Rome that was being persecuted. You know what he said? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God at work, saving everybody who believes. First the Jew and the Gentile. This good news teaches us that God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished start to finish by faith. It's by our faith. For the scriptures say, it is by faith that a righteous person finds life. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're here today and you're honest and you're like, I've been ashamed. I've accepted Christ, man, I've been ashamed. I want to pray for you. And then we're going to sing a song, a song of declaration. But honestly, if you've got something you want to lay down here, come on forward. But I'm praying that we will be a people that are not ashamed. That wherever we go, we carry this message. And we see it as the power of God in our life. Man, I got this message. I'll tell people about Jesus. Because man, heaven's on the line. Hell's on the line. Purpose is on the line. People being just living just fruitless lives being lost. I'm going to tell them about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to let the chips fall where they are. And I'm going to trust that God is working. And I pray you go with me. I pray we do this together. Let's pray together. Father, I pray we're not ashamed, Lord. I pray we're not reluctant anymore. I pray we don't feel inferior. I pray, Lord, that we're not embarrassed Lord, I pray we have a boldness about us that in a, in a non-judgmental way, we are going to tell people that you love them, that they matter to you, that you are the answer to every problem they have, that nothing is too big, that no mess up they've done disqualifies them, that you have been working in their lives all along and you want to save them just like you saved us. Father, I pray we carry this message. I pray we, I pray we run with it. I pray we shout it. We pray it. We whisper it. But I pray it's on our hearts and our minds. And we're not ashamed. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. But if you got a decision to make, if you want to come forward, you want to pray, you want to talk to somebody, I'll be down front, very non-pressure, but listen to me. If you've never accepted Christ, this is your day. This is your day. It's your day. Let's stand and sing.